You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, the man whose business is benching, Coach Ben. This is our Bench Talk Live, live podcast here. Thank you for joining in today. I'm really excited to uh, have the opportunity to shoot the shit with you guys. I thank you all for uh, tuning in. If you are not familiar with Bench Talk Live, I encourage you, if you're watching this for the first time, set a reminder, whether it's on your phone, uh, set a reminder, wherever you have to. I got a little Fitbit thing, I can just tell Alexa, hey, set a reminder, Bench Talk Live, Tuesday, 12 p.m. All right, so we'll be back next Tuesday, 12 p.m. Tell a friend. Let's grow this thing. I have a lot of a lot of fun with this uh, with this podcast, guys. So let's get into. It. We got another great round out of uh, questions here again that I'm super excited to touch on and to just shoot the shit with you guys. First off, shout out to some of our show contributors today. Uh, I have this shirt on that I'm wearing. I'll show you guys on YouTube. Genesee barbell club all right love the shirt love the the puppy on there says established i blocked some of my beard established 2020 uh this is a gym that one of our lifters is opening in just a short month or so and uh it's gonna be i believe in rochester new york area and uh he sent me over this shirt i'm super excited for the opening of the gym congrats to you alex perez is our our lifter opening this gym genesee barbell so if you're in the area guys definitely look to check that out uh again should be opening in about a month so i'm really excited for him you know we used to be one of my deals that i wanted to open a gym at one point and then you know i i started enjoying the life of being able to reach more lifters online, lifters from different areas, different parts of the world, and be able to travel a bit more, and that became more of my passion. But um, big congrats to Alex there. That's awesome opening the gym. It looks like things are off and running, and I'm excited to get down there and do a bench clinic, hang out and lift. And then also a shout-out to our other lifter on the Big Benches team, Beth Moonstone. And she sent me over, it was a pleasant surprise, she sent me over a couple bags of coffee ground up coffee from Dean's Beans out in Western Mass is where I was born and raised for uh, 23 to 24 years before I moved out to New York uh, she sent me some ground up coffee from Dean's Beans this is the French vanilla and uh, also have the, this organic breakfast blend so big thank you to Beth uh, I've been thoroughly enjoying these coffees I'm sharing it with you here this is the French vanilla Dean's Beans in Western Mass Thank you, Beth. You can check out Beth's coaching. Uh, be awesome. Be strong. Western Mass. I believe she's in the Amherst area. Uh, again, where I went to uh, to college, uh, University of Massachusetts Amherst. So sip of coffee to y'all, y'all. Working men, working women. Uh, sip of coffee. Mm. Mm. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I add a decent amount of creamer to my coffee, but... Mm. That French roast really comes through. Mm. I'll tell you what. Good stuff. Dean's beans. All right, guys. So I'm excited to answer some questions. We've got some stuff coming in. See everyone coming, uh, joining up, waving at me. Logan Barbell, what's up, my friend? Wavy Davey, what's up, Wavy Davey? What's up, buddy? We got else? Uh, Matt's in here. Blackened. Just says blackened. Yeah. Could be uh could be anything. Sup, what's up, my friend? Carl Diz- uh that's a big one. Carl Dzanson Szenzi, will you make a video about most common intermediate bench press mistakes and how to fix them? Um, I've definitely done many videos on. Uh, I guess it would be beginner to intermediate mistakes. I believe one of our most recent videos. Is based on actually it was a podcast three mistakes that you're doing so if you're watching this right now make sure you guys subscribe to the bench cast you can uh, listen to that wherever you download podcasts Spotify iTunes whatever wherever you go uh, believe we're on SoundCloud things like that but um, download that last week's episode on Thursday I drop a, a shorter topic version episode every Thursday 
Yeah, I believe we touched on 12, 15 minutes, top three mistakes that I see beginners, intermediates make. So that would be right up your alley, my friend, if you listen to podcasts. All right, that's going to touch on a lot of things that you're going to want to know or want to avoid. All right. Let's get to some uh, questions here. I had a good one that I'm planning to film a video on tomorrow. Uh, this is a hot topic. Back cramps. All right, at tattoos and lifting, 69, back cramps during close to max lifts, uh, getting close to max effort lifts. Any idea why that's occurring and how to fix it? Uh, that's something I talked on briefly in a previous episode that we did. Back cramps are part of the game. You know, they're going to happen, all right, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, I know that very, very well. Believe me, my friend. Um, you know, benching, trying to really maximize your positioning. Back cramps are part of the equation. Something you're going to want to consider if you're a full power lifter. Because if you have to deadlift right after and you are setting up very tight, you could run the possibility of, of hindering your deadlift a little bit just with how much lower back you are beating your lower back is going to take. So, uh, but back cramps. Now, when I hear cramping, usually result of a couple things one your nutrition uh your hydration really for the day is probably off you're probably dehydrated you know that's a very common one we all associate cramping with dehydration um which can be the case so you want to refuel electrolytes and things like that the best strategy for that if you're looking to do so quickly all right so for example last meet i went to lay down after um i want to say bench press and uh, I was just, we had a good amount, because we had a bunch of bench press only people there too, so we had a good amount of time before we started deadlifting. So I went, I just laid down, caught a little cat nap type of deal, and uh, my quads, I got up off the floor, my quads were locked. And I was like, oh shit, you know, this never really happened. Um, but I was having a hard time walking, they were cramping on me if I fully extended. Um, and I was like, shit, well I got deadlifts coming up. But luckily, we got some noon tabs in me. Noon tabs are awesome. I talked about this last episode. Something I think got popularized when Stan Efferding used noon tabs uh, at the meet that he set a world record total PR, or, or a world record total in general. And um, he took the noon tabs because he had some really major cramping that was preventing him from you know, continuing to compete. And... Um, he was good to go after because he just bite into those things. I usually would dissolve them in water, but I wanted it to be quick acting, get me out of this cramped state. So I popped these noon tabs, just chewed them right up. Doesn't taste good at all, but hey, it gets the job done. But I'm big on noon tabs. I think it's a good balance of electrolytes there. It hydrates you really quickly. Uh, and then obviously, you know, Pedialyte's a big one too, especially when you're trying to, um, you know, gain your weight back from a weight cut. But uh, I like the, the noon tabs for a little bit more quick. They're acting. Uh, Pedialyte, otherwise you have to just slam the bottle, and then you're going to be pissing every two seconds too. So uh, I prefer just the noon tabs themselves. So uh, back cramps, so it's either that, right, or you're just not used to the position. Sometimes when you get yourself into a tighter setup, and what ends up happening is lifters don't practice how they play enough in, in training. You know, in a competition, you have so much adrenaline going. You want to get into the best setup possible. You're really pushing things. All right, you're pushing things more to normal, and therefore you're getting tighter more to normal. You're getting yourself in a better position more to normal. That's why I always say in training, try to better position every time you set up on the bench. You're reaching for more, reaching for more, reaching for more. You know, continue to drill that home, because then when you go to a meet and you have all this adrenaline going and you are reaching for more. All of a sudden, it's a newer position. You haven't really been there before, and now everything wants to lock up on you because it's like, oh, shit, you know, we're really stressed. We're going to lock up and protect. Um, so that's usually the case, too, with cramps. I always say every bench kind of might, someone's going to go down with a hip cramp. And once I start teaching leg drive, I'm like, someone's going to have a nasty hip cramp today because uh, they've never done that before. All right, so it's usually one of those things. And usually speaking of going into a meet scenario, getting back cramps, it's usually because now you're setting up a little bit tighter. So I'd focus on that more in training, get into the best position possible, bring the, the extra effort. Um, and then I would just really try to hone in on some, uh, some mobility work, stretching, things like that. 
um, to try to prepare your body ahead of time. You want to warm up the lower body just as hard as the upper body when it comes to benching. Okay, uh, so I'm going to do a video on this tomorrow, uh, and I'm going to showcase some things that you can do in the warm up. Some things that have helped me, like a, a figure four stretch. I don't know what else to call it. You know, you go uh, half Indian style on one side, one leg extended, and then you just kind of lean forward towards that extended leg. That always really lets my lower back breathe more. Um, and then things like uh, just getting in like a dead bug position or just lying on the floor, really uh, being able to drive my lower back in the floor, getting that core activation. All right, guys, we have questions coming in. We got Logan Barbell. Do you consider yourself a bench specialist? Do you still squat and pull? What does your week of training look like? That was a great question there, Logan. Sip of coffee to you. Sip of coffee to the working man. So, um, I, I do. I do, but I do compete full power. I mean, that's, that's always how I started. Uh, so, I'm not in the light that that's all I do. Because I'm sure I'll do another full power meet. Uh, my last meet, for example, was a full power meet. <clears throat> I totaled 2120. Um, the last full power meet I did before that was two years prior. So, you know, I'm really not doing it super frequent now. Um, I just have bench goals. I'm, you know, I'm really built to bench, obviously. I have a lot of technical knowledge on the bench, as I share with you guys. Um, so I really think that's where my strengths lie, obviously. Uh, you know, I always found that I really pick up the squat quick, so I have no problem getting back into that, um, you know, pretty quickly. And that's always been the fastest, um, you know, lift for me is the squat. I make the progress the quickest on the squat, believe it or not. Um, deadlifting, it sucks. It's always going to suck, but, you know, I'll keep working on it if I'm doing full power. Grip sucks. Deadlift sucks. Uh, but bench and, and squat are the saviors there. And uh, obviously that builds a big multiply total, a big squat and a big uh, bench, more so than anything. Deadlift is, is less important there, um, which works out for me. But um, I, I do mostly compete bench press, um, but sometimes I will compete full power. just depends. I'm not full power anytime soon. I have some bench goals to hit. Um, I do still train to squat and pull, so getting into my week of training. Monday morning, I do some squat and deadlift training. I... Uh, I do like a speed squat or speed deadlift. I'll start with a volume-based squat or deadlift, like a 3 by 5 on some variation. Sometimes I use bands, sometimes I won't, chains. Um, and then I'll go into some kind of speed variation where I'm doing speed work with the squat or deadlift. And I just vary it. You know, it's just about general conditioning here for me now. Uh, I'm not pushing any of those lifts heavy. I'm more or less almost treating myself like a bodybuilder working on weak points Okay, weak points of in the, the hips and the hamstrings. All right, so those are huge weak points for me. I'm doing variations like uh, RDLs, sumo stiff legs, things like that are going to bring up those body parts. And then uh, Tuesday, my second bench day, I'm doing a lot of lockout work in the RAM right now. Um, Thursday is my, my major back day. And then it goes right into uh, frock day, <clears throat> which I'm in the shirt benching. Unshakable strength. Will you please post this to your feed after? I'm at work and hate missing it. Uh, yeah, absolutely, my friend. This will actually be, uh, you have to go on our YouTube. All right. Um, I appreciate you going back and watching. Uh, means a lot to me, my friend. I do have it on YouTube. I don't put it on the Instagram in the entirety. Um, I don't want it to interfere with what you're seeing in their stories. I'll have to see if that if you can flip flop between, but I do have that running on YouTube. If you guys want to catch this at a later time ever, uh, maybe after the run, you want to catch the end or whatever, you can watch it on our YouTube. All right. Let's see what we got. Oh, oh, be Matt. I use noon every day. No sugar in them either. Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, I have to get some more. I love, I put one in a glass of water in the morning, just pound it down and start my day. It's usually so dehydrated in the morning. Billy Johansenberg, any key tips for people who hit a mental strength plateau? I've been training for just over a year now, and my bench strength has stayed the same over the last three months. So, um, mental strength, so mental and 
the number actually moving uh, two different things. So it sounds like you just straight plateaued, your numbers aren't increasing, and that's affecting you mentally, I guess is another way to put it. But I tell you, if you've been stalled out for three months, that is absolutely no time at all, my friend. Um, you know, try a year, and then we're getting somewhere. Because sometimes that's just what it takes to be real with you. Um, you know, you're, you're going to have those stretches. Three months is such a small speck of time. You know, there's especially if you're a trained athlete for a while, you're looking at more like one to two years where you could be stalled out at some points. I've certainly experienced my years where I have made zero progress on my bench press. Um, so three months is really such a small speck of time. I would not let that upset you. All right, you just have to put that into focus. That's really not much time. I mean, barely even a, a training cycle, you know, 12 weeks. You, know, you really have to be able to delve into the weak points, experiment with what's going to push you to the next level. Because what, what got you stronger in the past might not be what gets you stronger in the future. Okay? So just keep that in mind. Uh, I, just, I tell you that because I want you to be realistic with how long it's going to take. Okay? And you said it's been plateau for the last three months well i would try to do a stretched out training cycle where you try some different things and potentially don't try maxing out again for another 16 weeks or so um you know you, you just gotta keep playing with the variables that's what it is blacken says what about seal rose for upper back are you a fan for upper back accessories I love seal rows, and you can really make a seal row work however you want. If you want to row it in towards the belly more, you maybe have a neutral grip handle, right? You can do that. You can work your lats more, the entirety of your lats, uh, mid-back. If you want to just hit upper back, you can keep it a high row. But seal row is an awesome variation because there's zero cheating involved in that movement. You can't pick up any momentum, you know. So it's a, uh, it's a great movement to do for your back. One of my absolute favorites. Billy Johansson, thanks for the advice. Absolutely, my friend. And, um, you know, just keep plugging away, buddy. Uh, I know it's it, it's tough when you're not seeing progress. It sucks, believe me. But just keep chipping away. What I always say is we we do this because, not because the end result. You know, I don't, I don't power lift just to say, hey, I can bench so-and-so. It's not about the numbers per se. We want them to increase, but enjoy the process. Enjoy just having the chance to train, you know, getting together with, with your buds, your training partners, uh, you know, you're making memories that are going to last you forever. It, it should be a good time. Enjoy your training, you know, because if you just happen to focus on numbers or meet performances, it's going to be a real tough mental ride for you. Enjoy yourself. Lifting weights is fun, okay? So treat it like that. Don't worry about the progress thing. That's going to come in time. You know, but go in there, bust your ass, have a good time, and, you know, the rest is going to fall into place. You just got to find that weak point. I mean, once you stumble on it, boom, shit's going to blow up. Blacken, can, can someone that is not doing enough accessory movement, is not doing accessory movements and main movements, like deficit deadlifts or pause bench press, can improve at all, like Bulgarian system and weightlifting and powerlifting, your thought? Um... So I'm trying to decipher what that what that's saying, my friend. Uh, I'm not familiar really with Bulgarian system. Is that like the ten by ten? So I'm not I'm not sure on that, my friend. Um, if you want to break that down a little bit more, I'll try to break that in or break that down for you and give you my thoughts, but. Matt, do you like cable or dumbbell flies for the pecs? Uh, if I had to choose, I like cable. Dumbbell is my last choice. Um, sometimes I'll do a dumbbell, but really for flies, I'd rather do chains, bands, cables, um, something where it deloads that bottom position because I really like to treat it as an opportunity to stretch. All right, that's, um, you know, I'm not super big on flies to begin with, so I like the opportunity to at least stretch, even a machine, right, and stretch in this position, and then I can safely contract and get a good powerful contraction. Um, so that's, that's my take on the, on the um, flies for sure, bands, chains first. 
Vanilla Gorilla 2.0. What's up, Steven? Do you feel doing the 10K a day has helped your hips and back loose for benching? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So one of the main reasons why I started personally doing 10K a day is because I was getting this really bad sciatic pain. And, um, you know, a lot of that can just be contributed to just not moving enough, poor mobility, tight hip flexors. You know, it, it really everything comes down to just you have to move more. You have to move more. And um, I hated how it was affecting my bench. It was really affecting my bench. Like I would get in a position. It still does. It still does. It bothers me a lot. So when I'm trying to take that weight out, all I can feel is this pain shooting down my leg. Uh, especially when re-racking it, it's gotten better. But that was the main reason I did start to 10K a day is uh, for that exact purpose, okay? It's for that exact purpose um, to help alleviate some of that sack pain because I knew I had to do something, all right? So, uh, I but really just having the ability to go for the walk, um, having the challenge there in place, uh, you know, the discipline to hit that number, you know, that's, it's, you really are doing so much more for yourself mentally physically so that's the 10k a day challenge we're doing right now with our vip membership group is something that i'm so psyched about for everyone because i know it's going to be such a powerful thing and you know i hate to end it in july i want to see everyone continue with that uh beyond july as well because it's going to bring you so much benefits you know guys you're listening here you need to move more you need to move more um, and guys, I'm going to close this really quick. I'm expecting a delivery, so I'm just closing down here. All right, I don't want to interrupt for you guys. Sip of coffee for the working man. Thanks for tuning in today. All right. Logan Barbell, what do you think is the best bench shirt for a beginner, or should you just jump into the shirt that you're going to be using when you get more advanced? Um, so if you're just beginning out, I would say exactly what you just touched on. I would just jump into whatever shirt you're looking to use. I mean, if you're a beginner, like how do you really know what shirt you're going to use anyway? Um, if you're starting out single ply, I think that's a good deal. If you're doing the whole multiply gig, I think that's a good deal. All right, so I would just get, if you're going to get an Inzer SDP, I would just get it. You just need to start working in something. You know, you just need to start getting your reps in. That's the only way to ride a bike is going to be to get on the bike and start doing it. You know, you can watch all the videos you want of mine, but unless you start doing it, you know, you're not going to uh, get those reps in to get better. So um, starting out, it's just about getting reps in. Just learn whatever you have. So I wouldn't say there's a beginner shirt. Um, and again, great prelude. We are working on a shirted course. This is jam-packed, guys. Everything I can offer you in, in terms of shirted tips and technique and everything like that um, is going to be in this shirted bench course. Okay, so be on the lookout for that. Again, dropping in August, I believe. Yeah, I think we'll have this good to go for August. And I'm super excited. It's going to be a top-notch product. All right. Someone is at the front door. All right. Stefan, afternoon coach. Thoughts on fat grips, close grip, pause bench for someone with a weak chest. All right. So for fat grips, um, that I, I wouldn't really, if you're trying to build your chest, uh, I wouldn't worry too much about the fat grips. Uh, pause bench I would definitely look to do but you don't have to do that close grip I would do a feet up long paused bench press okay I would do um, you know three five second pause and uh, the feet up because it's going to be a longer range of motion for you okay all right let's answer some questions that came in from Instagram the other day all right we have at Big Jake Lifts. With full power multiply lifters, how often do you like to see them in shirts? So the key here 
is you say full power. If they're bench only, it's going to be much more frequently. As I'm experiencing now, I don't have the heavy lifts with the squats, even the deadlifts, to affect my benching, um, to affect how I feel in a shirt. Therefore, I feel good to go every week in my shirt, which hasn't always been the case, but I was also training full power a lot of times. Um, so I'm, I would say at least two times is usually my minimum. I'd at least want to see two out of four weeks in a training block. Um, but if you could do more, you can do more. I would like to see as much as possible. Uh, if you feel good, if you feel good every day um, to keep benching, or I'm sorry, every week, then we'll keep staying in the shirt. All right, we'll be good to go. Stefan says, thanks. Yep, anytime, my friend. Sip of coffee tea, guys. French vanilla. Dean's beans. Thank you, Beth, for this. Any more questions coming in here? I got some from Instagram still. At Jose Miranda 389 Is Blaine Sumner one of the greatest thousand pound, uh, one of the greatest? Thousand pound single ply. That was, he, he's hit a thousand pound single ply. The only person ever to do that in single ply. Uh, absolutely, Blaine Sumner is one of the greatest. You can kind of see him. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can kind of see. Uh, I got a signed photo of Blaine up there. Um, he is definitely a legend of the bench. A legend of the sport of powerlifting. I'd say he's definitely earned that. Um, you know, he is uh, absolutely one of the greatest to do it. First person to do a thousand pound single ply. I mean, the record speaks for itself. Uh, just some amazing lifts, amazing lifter. Uh, can't wait to see him put together again something huge. It's awesome seeing him lift. And, uh, you know, definitely a big inspiration to me as well as when I wanted to be up on that big stage hitting some big benches. Um, his his meet would always be on first, the Titan bench bash that they would do at the Arnold. And I would sit down, I'd watch that, and then it would go into the XPC bench show, and I'd watch that, and I'd always be like, damn, man, I just want to get up there. Um, and they'll eventually made it happen. But, um, you know, and then I actually was in the warm-up room with him um, when he was coming off the, the stage, and we were just shooting the shit a little bit back and forth, and, uh, you know, great moment. But I told him I, I jacked his, his uh, the face painting that I do, I kind of jacked from him. I told him that. Um but yeah, he's the absolute legend. Let's see, Vanilla Gorilla. Do you think raw lifters should try shirt of benching? I've been thinking about trying it just to try it. You know, friend, I was. Uh, you know, my friend, I was going to um, make a video on just how important I think it is. Actually, I was going to do a podcast just on how important it is for lifters to try out some form of equipped lifting. Why I say that why i say that's super valuable it's going to completely transform your raw lifting i do believe that while it is a separate technique in itself i think if a raw lifter spent some time learning equipment lifting the amount of uh, appreciation that they would get for the technique involved in the lifts is going to be uh you know unbelievable because those things that i preach in the videos sometimes especially working sub max effort you don't realize how important they are. You get to a bench pressure, all of a sudden it's like, you know, you need to be spot on or you're just not lifting as much. or You're going to have a really bad day, you know. So you gain such a great appreciation, not only in the bench, but for all the other lifts. How to leverage into a deadlift, um, you know, pulling through that tension of the suit because it's going to block you from getting into a good position. That's how it gives you extra spring. Uh, so really across the board, I think it would be so valuable for a raw lifter to do some equipped lifting and i think it's even better for you know if you started off equipped lifting and you've already built good habits i think you could be a very successful raw lifter however i do think if you're a raw lifter going to do equip you're going to have a learning curve uh, absolutely joa ian ianota my elbows seem to be the limiting factor with my bench volume any suggestions for chest accessories that won't stress them i'd use a pec deck if i could find one but those seem to be going extinct so it seems like any elbow flexion and extension is what's bothering you my friend 
Um, so you're going to have to just experiment around with what you're able to do, what's tolerable. You might want to try a partial range bench with a wide grip um, so you're not going through as much motion. Obviously flies are going to be one that you don't have to move your elbow. Um, I think maybe a landmine press might do you good just because it's coming out on an angle on the side. So you would lay down, how you like to set up a T-bar row, um, you'd lay down and you'd be pressing the weight out. So you grab the collar, you'd be pressing the weight out. Okay, so you could try that one out. All right. Um, but other than that, you know, pullovers, pullovers, a little bit more of a, um, a serratus lat type deal. But... You, know, you could try doing that. Um, you just gotta get creative. Get creative with it. Dumbbells, if you can tolerate. Matt says raw benches who train wearing elbow sleeves. Do they need to remove them closer to the meat to prep for the meat conditions? Uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend that. I've definitely changed my tune on that over the years. As I experienced that firsthand, it will. It doesn't make a big difference, but. Um, again, even if it's five pounds, it's significant in the bench. Five pounds for someone in the bench is a good chunk of percentage. Um, but you get comfortable with having them on. And then when you take them off, you just you feel naked. You know, the, the tightness, the element of tightness in your head mentally just isn't as evolved. You know, so it really does make a, a bit more difference than you think. Um, so I would definitely recommend. Uh, I don't think you have to take them off like super advanced uh, i think you can leave them on but you have to do if you're gonna have a big tester lift like the test where you're where you're gonna determine meat attempts or where you're at in strength level if you're maxing out or something you need to do that session without the sleeves on let's see what we got coming in logan barbell what would be the best board sizes for somebody weak off the chest also if i were able to do reverse band bench one week can i do a reverse band board press the next or is it too similar of a variation so a reverse band bench that would be the bench um you know the bands are pulling the, the bar up that'd be like a reverse band squat and whatnot and then he also asked can i do a reverse band board press the next or is it too similar um so I I don't think it's too similar. I mean, one's going off a board. The board here is really the uh, the main thing. I mean, it's similar in the right that is you're going to have the band. You could switch up the bands, but um, the boards itself is going to be a big enough change that it's it's not going to be too similar depending on um, what boards you're using. And if you're weak off the chest, I would not recommend any boards. I'd recommend going to the chest. Crockett triple or double O one. Does the wider the grip make the shirt more effective? Uh, yes, uh, it makes it a smaller range of motion, and you get a really good stretch into the chest plate. Um, you know, I wouldn't say it makes the shirt more effective. I'd say most you're gonna see most lifters try to take the widest grip with the shirt because it's going to cut range of motion which is going to be a huge thing in the shirt um, when you're out wider like that it just changes things too because the shirt's taking up so much tension so it doesn't feel like you're going wide grip in the light that you might be raw it's not the same feeling there because the shirt takes up so much tension so at raw you might feel a lot more on, a, on your chest um you know a lot more with your shoulders i'd say but when you're in the shirt, that shirt's taking up so much detention. Um, you know, if you can get wider, obviously the goal when you're breaking in a shirt is to get your hands out as far as you can so that chest is going to start to slowly open on you. If you can get your hands out in a position when you get a brand new shirt, that shirt is too loose in my opinion. All right, but yeah, the wider grip is there to um, really just mostly cut range of motion. doesn't mean you have to bench wide. Um, certainly if you have a loose shirt, a strategy could be that you take it in a little bit more so that you can, um, you know, lower more into the shirt, you know, get more to stretch in the bottom. Um, but usually you can wear a tighter shirt and you get wide with it and then you just want it so tight that it just kind of, uh, stops you right where you're going to end up touching. So hopefully that makes sense, my friend, but that's why you'll see people go really wide in the bench shirt and we do touch on this in our shirt of course you know grips and stuff 
Sean Clark, how do you feel about incline bench and helping the flat bench? Uh, I'm all for it, my friend. I think it's good, especially if you can't do overhead pressing. I prefer overhead pressing, just my preference. Uh, I'd like to see people do that first, but incline bench is absolutely a good one as well. Sip of coffee for the working man. I have the Mets Cup today, guys, because baseball is going to start, I hear, July 23rd. And I am pumped. If I can't be there, I'm still pumped to watch. I can't wait to watch something. All right. All we've had pretty much. I'm a big wrestling fan. I watch uh, AEW, occasionally WWE, and then, of course, we have UFC. But that's, I mean, really, that's all I've been watching. We don't have no sports. Um, and, and Joe says, thanks, flies hurt, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I, I hear you there, my friend. Um, so that's a tough situation. I'll try out the landmine press or a, a wide grip variation that's partial range. Um, maybe that'll help you out. Uh, but then you want to see why your elbows hurt and potentially give yourself some downtime to let that recover. Dara McNamara. Hey, any tips for someone building their lockout for the shirt of bench with longer arms? Yeah, so if you are typically a longer armed lifter is going to have to build their lockout more. They're going to get a good spring off the chest, but they're really going to be the, the population that's going to have a hard time locking out. One of my favorite things to do is a, a board press with band tension, right, with your weak point. Um, you know, we also could do pin pressing, floor pressing. I would just treat it like if you were a, uh, a shirted lifter, all the same type of moves. Um, you know, I love doing a very, very close grip. This is something I just kind of started really um, pounding on here lately. Is a very close grip to a high board. Really load up that movement. And you're seeing someone like Jimmy Cobb doing that. Um, you can get heavy with that variation. It's super close. So it stresses your tries. It's almost like a, a barbell tape press. You know what I mean? So that would be a really good one to hit. You know, because you could get very heavy weight in your hands for the lockout and do a lot of volume of it. All right, let's answer some from uh, the the gram here. Again, guys, if you want to get involved with answer, uh, asking questions ahead of time, I always try to answer them the best I can on the Instagram stories on Mondays. All right, the Monday before our Tuesday Bench Talk Live. All right, Jay Sanders, one, two, three, one. When my feet start sweating, they slide in my shoe, and it makes leg drive very difficult. All right, so that's a very common thing. Um, you know, obviously... The the shoe is going to stick, but your foot's going to slide in the shoe. So, um, you know, I've never had too much of a problem. The socks kind of slide too, but um, you can glue. You can spray like a Loctite thing in your in your shoe on the sole and then stick your foot in it. And you might have seen Donnie Thompson show that. He was really big on that, so you're more rooted to the floor. Because obviously you want to be in some shoe wear. Uh, but you want to be as barefoot as possible. So he had actually taken Chuck Taylor. He would spray it up with, uh, you know, like a Loctite spray or whatever, and then just put his bare foot in there. All right, and that's how he squatted. But you can do the same thing for for the bench if that's truly an issue, um, which it certainly can be. And you're probably creating good leg drive if you're feeling things slip like that. You know, especially on that horizontal plane. If you're just pushing through the floor, you're not going to have that issue. But that's good that you're getting some of that slip. I always like to see that. All right. The Hybrid Hillbilly, how long do you like programming for a full power meet? Um, so anytime I get this question, uh, you know, it's, it's really basic. As long as I can have with an athlete to prepare them. You know, so I don't really have a, a time frame. If there's a minimum time frame, you know, we can make do with with eight to six weeks. But uh, I wouldn't say minute more less than or less than that. But in terms of more, I would like as much time as I can get with an athlete because with that time, I'm learning what they struggle with. Uh, I'm learning their, their their psychological profile as a lifter, you know, what they respond to, too, in terms of cueing and things like that. 
uh, I'm just learning so much the more I work with someone about the lifter, what they respond to, you know, who they are, that, uh, you know, the more time I can spend with someone, obviously the better here. So, but I'd say on the minimum, if we're saying minimum, I'd like to see eight to six weeks, but you know, I've also started working on people where they got to meet in like three, four weeks. And then, you know, I'm just kind of learning what they've done and then putting together the best possible plan. At unshakable strength, I feel stronger since I've switched to flat feet, but I'm getting groin pain after I bench. Question mark. So, uh, I am planning to do a video again tomorrow. I took I take a lot from these questions, guys. So, I'm also making YouTube videos on it. So, hopefully, it's going to be very helpful. But um, switching to feet out flat in a wide stance base is one of the biggest things that I've done for my bench press. If I had to pick one thing, what is the most instrumental thing I've done? I would say it was that change um, from doing a toes back. Uh, feet a little bit closer type of a stance the stability i gained from that is 100 percent what i needed i needed the stability because i would rock side to side it'd be harder to stabilize so having that wider base the fat the the feet out flat creating that type of leg drive by bar none you know the biggest thing i've done for my bench press and you know i've done a lot of big cues for my bench press to, to help jump it but that was probably the number one if i had to pick um so i'm glad he's feeling stronger i'm actually gonna do a video uh, tomorrow on that and some people who have went and uh, adopted that similar type of thing you know tony carlino he was he was asking me about that stance at one point in time and uh you know you could see where he is with his benching and he's going for a thousand pounds um you know brian forbes you know maybe not as as well known but he's really he's coming up with some great lifts lately he spent some time on our team i was showing him that stance you can see he has a very wide base stance um, you know, but many lifters have taken that on and, and seen very positive results from it. So uh, I'm actually going to do the, the video on that tomorrow. But groin pain, all right, to get to the root of it here, groin pain. Um, so I'm not sure why you're experiencing the groin pain, but it's going to be very uncomfortable for that area. You know, you're going to get a lot of stretch there. Uh, and I don't know if, if it's an issue with when you're pushing, you're experiencing that, or if it's after the fact. Um, but you do have to watch, too, that you can stay engaged with your hips. And it's not just you putting your, your feet way far out. Uh, you want to be able to still drive your knees out. And, in fact, that's where I determine where I put my feet. I put my feet out wide enough so that I have passive hip tension. I'm feeling tension on my hips just from the wider stance, but then I also have the ability to drive my knee out still. So there's still some wiggle room to move that I can activate my hips. Because if I'm jammed all the way out, now what do I feel? I feel like I can't drive out as well. I'm tucked in. I'm just fighting from going forward with my knee. All right. And I'm feeling a lot of stress on my groin region. Okay, I'm not engaged with my hips at that point, uh, so I can't go too wide with that base. All right, we got uh, another question here from Instagram. Actually, not a question as much as it is a, uh, I guess, a comment at Redbeard49. Um, give me some words of motivation. Bench feels stalled out some. All right, my friend. Well, you know, to to lay it down, to be real with you, it sounds like right now it's grind time. All right, now it's time. You got to buckle down. You got to work harder than ever. You're starting to stall out. You got to find out why that is. You got to dissect your weak points. You know, every time I end up stalling out, I have to do a sit down with myself. Okay, it, it sounds like you just need to do a sit down. You need to refresh your goal, refresh your mindset. So sit down. List out the things you suck at, the things you could get better at, all right? those That's where I start, all right? What do I currently suck at? I know I suck at, and I need to do a good job of getting better at, okay? You got to be real with yourself. Put that down first, okay? Then you need to make actionable steps to do something about it, all right? Write down, this sucks. What am I going to do about it? You know, actionable steps. Don't just write down, hey, I want to build my back. You know, when are you going, what movements are you going to do? When are you going to train your back? How are you going to up that volume? You got to have some kind of actionable step. Nutrition sucks. I'm going to eat better. You can't write that. That don't mean shit. You know, you got to write something actionable. 
You know, you have to write, all right, so I'm, I'm not eating enough, okay? How can I eat more? All right, then it would be like maybe get your breakfast in. You're not eating breakfast. You're not getting something in early enough. Maybe you add a protein shake to your breakfast. That's an actionable step, not just I need to eat more. You know, because nothing's ever going to happen. You need to have a plan for it. Like for myself, I need to walk more. I need to move more. You know, that's where I came up with the 10K a day challenge we're doing for steps. All right. I knew that was going to have a profound impact. You know, I and, and not only that, I set the goal, the 10K a day. But then I'm like, on these days, because uh, maybe I'm not training or whatever, I need to go for a longer walk in the morning. Therefore, I do. That's an actionable step. I pick the day, I know the time, I'm going to go for a long walk. Sip of coffee for the working man. So to sum it all up for you, my friend, you need a sit-down session where you get real, write down what you suck at, write down your actionable steps, and then write down some goals that you want to achieve. Like for me, my back could get stronger, alright, this is what I'm training back, these are the movements I'm doing, and a big goal of mine right now is moving three plates for reps on a barbell row. All right, so you got to set those goals, reassess them, not just on the bench press, but all the other things you suck at too, you know, shoulder strength, anything like that. You really need to, to buckle down, write all that out, write the game plan, the whole deal. Uh, Mike, in a lot, of, a lot of numbers, you have any cues for someone who might be over-tucking on the bench? Yes, we have recently just put out some great videos on that, so check that out on YouTube. But I would focus more on um, spreading on the bar. So creating this type of activation, like a band pull-apart on the bar. You still want to bend it, but what's probably happening when you're bending it is disconnected from the back. So therefore, you're getting the elbows to tuck in a little bit more. So I'd focus a little bit more on the spread of the bar and then pulling, retracting your shoulders into the pad. Okay, so you get that bar out. I would retract into the pad, try to pull into the pad. And then just spread on the bar to your touch point. Okay, and that should help with that. You know, our athlete Kyle, um, Kyle Palmer, he has just made some fantastic strides in that as well. He's a longer arm bencher, and he was over tucking just a bit. And we're starting to level him out a bit more now with using those cues. Logan Barbell, what do you think the best breakfast is for a power lifter bench specialist? Is 50, 60 grams of protein good enough for a breakfast? Uh, I don't get too much into the nitty gritty of that, my friend. Um, you know, I just, I just get something in. Uh, protein definitely you're gonna want to, uh, you know, really focus in on. I'll, I'll try to eat eggs every morning, but I wouldn't obsess over the numbers. It's more about how you get the numbers to fit in your total daily plan. If you're really uh, dialing in numbers, you know, you, you have a total for the end of the day. You know, obviously you want to break it down so you get a good amount at each meal. Um, but overall, important thing is that you're reaching those goals at the end of the day. So I wouldn't really obsess what you're having for breakfast. But I would say, yeah, you know, 50, 60 mark, maybe even a little less, probably good for breakfast. All right. It depends if you want to make that a big meal or you want to make that a little meal. You know what I mean? All right, guys. So we are uh, out of Instagram questions. We had a lot of great ones come in. Um, so I'll take a few more if anyone's got some. All right. Uh, maybe we got a football question out there. But, uh, hey, sip of coffee to you. This is, uh, again, the Mets Cup. Hopefully uh, have a good run at a 60-game season. All right. I don't know what you guys think about that whole shortened season for baseball. That's kind of weird. I mean, we're like less than 50% of the games we would normally see um, by far. And, uh, you know, I don't know. If the, you know, the winter, it's kind of like, like an asterisk thing, right? You know, you only played 60 games. But it is what it is. I'll take what we can get. French vanilla goes down smooth. I tell you what, Dean's Beans, Western Mass. Thanks, Beth, for uh, sending this out. It's great. All right, guys. So I'm going to uh, yep. Uh, vanilla Gorilla 2.0. Short season is better than no season. Absolutely, my friend. Um, like I said, I'll take anything that we can get right now. Uh, just don't mess with football season. That's what I say. Um, and uh, Logan Bartle says, I'm currently trying to start a home gym, and I was wondering if a squat bar would be a good substitute to a bench bar. Um, no, I would say no on that because the uh, the whole deal with the bench bar, I'd say most off, is going to be um, 
the loadable collar room, okay? You would get more room to fit uh, any plates on the ends. Uh, you know, a bench bar is not really needed unless you are getting up there in a weight to where you can't fit it on the bar. Uh, because that's about the time where you would start to actually, the, the whip would become a considerable factor. Until that point, you would do just fine with a regular power bar. Um, but when you do get to that point, hopefully, when you can't fit the damn weights on the end, that's when you're going to want to consider switching to a bench bar. Um, and the squat bar, all that's going to do, it's not really going to give you as much length. Depends on what bar, I guess, you get. It's just going to make the bar thicker. So it would take away from the whip. So that's the only thing you're adding. But the re main reason I want to get this bench bar is I got more room to fit plates now. And therefore also more room for my, my uh, handoff people to get some of that collar in their hands to assist me in a smooth handout. So that was the main deal there. Alright guys, so again, I want to shoot you a quick uh, quick thing here about our VIP membership. Right now we're running a 10K a day challenge. Uh, you're going to want to get involved with this membership because you're going to be able to get coaching critiques. We have exclusive content also on squat and deadlifting. Um, you know, we, we cover a bunch of different stuff that I'll, I'll post up. You get access to the whole library of exclusive videos. So it's something like it's like unlocking a whole other YouTube. Um, and you get access to our amazing community of lifters. Plus, did I say you also get free program templates. So if you're looking to run our new six-week off-season bench program, our, you know, our big six-week bench program that's more of a peaking type of program, uh, our second you know, bench day solution program, you know, we have a full power program, you know, everything you see on the website, that's free access to our VIP members. So I would love to see you guys in that membership, get involved in our Facebook group, get involved in some of our challenges, our 10K a day challenge we're doing right now. Um, you know, definitely the place to be. So you go to bigbenches.com, all right, and you go to the VIP membership, you also get a discount. All right, 15% off for, for everyone on the membership. Thank you, Logan Barbell. Thanks for tuning in, my friend. If you're getting those wrist straps, VIP members, 15% off. So you check out that, uh, that membership group as well. I'd love to have you guys involved. Um, well, all right, that's a wrap. Thanks for everyone tuning in to the, uh, the bench talk today. All right, I had a great time. Hopefully we can build this even bigger and better next time. So make sure to tell a friend. Set a reminder and join us next Tuesday, 12 p.m. I'll see you guys there.